Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 110. It's now been one year, 10 weeks, and three days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. Today I drove down to my local park and hobbled over to the same podcast rock as I sat on last week with Brave Companion Sandy. Hobble, you say? What, you fall off the bike again? No, I'm recovering from a terrible case of food poisoning or stomach flu. It's been quite the adventure. So today we'll see how far my energy holds up, but if all goes well, we'll listen to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, and I will let something besides my cookies go today. Then a few brief announcements and thank yous to a new coffee clatcher and to BC Sandy. We'll hear some of the comment reactions to the bonus show Sandy recorded with me last week. Then we'll be treated to a little foolish fun from Donnie, after which we'll discuss some of the many kinds of audio you can send to participate in the show. We have some new BCs to greet, Allie from Facebook and Dave's wife Kathleen. And Dave sent me an awesome new song recommendation by Latin bilingual band Muna Luna. Maria from a Spanish-speaking country goes on the bravery report for revealing just which Spanish-speaking country she's from. And we wrap up the show first by hearing from BC Happy, who reveals how she's doing and what she thinks of Katherine Hansen's book, Brain Over Binge, and my riff about hunger, binges, self-awareness, and all of the different attributes we juggle when finding tools and methods to help us find our own unique ways. So stay tuned while we listen to Josh, and I'll be pondering, yes, Donnie, I'm really listening to Josh, what I'll let go of today. But I'm letting go. Josh, 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 I can't tell you what a relief it is to be sitting here in the fresh out of doors listening to you sing about letting something go. Because I've been letting stuff go all week that wasn't too pleasant for me. Now you can infer from that I'm referring to... to my terrible bout with the flu. Now, I don't want to give you any more gory details about it other than it was terrible, terrible stomach flu or food poisoning. Extremely violent and not very much fun. And if you really want to hear some of the details or not hear it, but read about it, I did a blog post about three days in called, quote, toilets make crappy hug partners, but gratitude is a decision. And that was my way of trying to find some humor in my situation and to make myself feel better and you know telling your story does make you feel better and I tried to find the humor in it and the gratitude in it because there's a lot to be grateful for I mean every moment you're not hugging the toilet when you have a terrible case of the flu is a moment to be grateful for right plus some other things and so that blog post is kind of interesting though warning 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 it is a little bit graphic about my my stomach intestinal experience that wasn't very fun well what I'm going to let go of today is inspired by that and it is 
letting go of knowing what to expect from my body and always thinking with my brain that I know what my body needs. I think especially those of us that have eating issues make a lot of assumptions about our body and what's good for our body and what isn't good for our body and what it needs, right? Because we're used to kind of having this all or nothing attitude. Like we know when we're on a diet or following our food plan or following whatever decision we've made, oh, I'm, I'm eating exactly right. This is what I need to lose some weight or broccoli is healthy and Cheetos are not or, you know, any manner of food rules. You might be one who thinks that all grains are bad or maybe you think milk is bad or you think, that having like brown rice is better than white rice or we used to think non-fat was better than full fat if we had dairy or cheeses now it's kind of the other way kind of more like the french women don't get fat thing full fat might be better than not because of the sugar content you know there's all kinds of theories that different people have about foods there's different studies that come out about foods and we have all of us our own assumptions you know depending on where you grow up and what kind of foods you ate as a child something that might be delicious to one nationality might be nasty to another here I'll give you a little example I might have done that before too but I love root beer now, I don't drink very much soda pop, and I don't usually crave soda pop and not diet. Oh, man, you couldn't make me drink diet pop of any description. I just despise the taste and always have of artificial sweetener. But even the, the real thing, even before high fructose corn syrup, even sugar-based soda pops, I don't usually enjoy. However, I have always loved root beer. And... Even more than plain root beer, I love a root beer float. We used to have a fast food restaurant called A&W, and I think they still exist, but A&W had a root beer that just was really, really tasty, and that was a very special treat if my family would take me to an A&W and let me have a root beer float. That was a big deal, because as you know, we had a high focus on what I weighed and what I should eat and what was okay for me to have. And, you know, normally having a root beer float wasn't high on the list of things that were, quote, okay for Lori to be having. But I love that flavor. Now, when I was in high school, I had my first interactions with people that came from Germany, right? German exchange students. And this was just before I went to Germany as an exchange student myself. Well, these Germans, we took them to A&W to have root beer, and they just about all spit it out. They said, oh, this is nasty. This tastes like toothpaste. What? Toothpaste? There was only one out of maybe 20 kids who thought root beer was tasty. The rest of them had this assumption that this root beer flavor tasted to them like whatever their normal toothpaste is. Now, another thing that I found I thought was odd was, at least at that time, the German exchange students liked to have their popcorn cold with sugar and thought we were out of our living minds that we put butter, melted butter, onto popcorn. <laughs> that was a cultural difference. And I thought, huh, that's really strange. But, you know, whatever 
any kind of science behind whether this food is good for you or bad for you. We can also be influenced by our culture, by our tastes, by all kinds of things, you know? And I think that I have not spent a lot of time really paying attention to what my body thinks or how I react to very many foods with the exception of various seafoods, which have always made me pretty ill either like if I was cleaning shrimps in the restaurant, I would get terrible welts on my skin from having the, the shrimp juice hit my skin. And if I ate shellfish or even non-shellfish, I would get very nauseated, whether or not I knew that I was eating this seafood. So it's pretty clear that my body does not process something that's in seafoods very well. Okay, so that, that caught my attention. That caught my attention and I know I do not wish to eat seafood and seafood does not taste good to me and seafood does not smell good to me. There's nothing about seafood that is appealing to me as a food. Now, live seafood is very appealing to me. I love to go swimming and look at fish. I love to watch fish swimming. I enjoy them, but I enjoy them in their own environment, not on my plate. But I was also one who thought that brown rice was always better for you than white rice, always. If I had a choice between white rice and brown rice for many, many years, maybe more than 20 years, maybe even 30 years, I would pick brown rice because everyone would know that having the fiber is good for you, having the nutrients is in the husk, just like you know a lot of the vitamins in the apple or in the skin. If you are doing some raw juicing, you wanna put the whole skin and the core and the seeds. And so the more unprocessed a product is, our wisdom, is that that is a better product for you than a highly processed version. Okay, that was an assumption that I would make. Now it's interesting to note that after my bout with this stomach flu or food poisoning, I literally had a hard time to keep water in my system. I was able to take some sips of water and I was lucky if I could have one bite of banana and have that remain in my system. And I would try these various foods, even though I really wasn't hungry. I didn't have the same kind of hunger you would have if you're not having a terrible bout of the flu or food poisoning. But after a few days of this, I knew that I was dehydrated and I needed to drink water. I needed to try to drink water, try to drink something and keep that down. And that I also needed to eat a little something even though I had no feeling of hunger. And the kinds of things that I felt, quote unquote, sort of hungry for or appealing to me were all of these things that had no color, no fiber, absolutely nothing. All of these white foods, like mashed potatoes sounded good, plain white rice sounded good, plain soda crackers sounded good, uh, applesauce, Vanilla ice cream sounded marginally good, not really good, very marginally good. But everything that I wanted, the pictures that came into my head of what might be something good to eat were all kind of processed, beat up white foods. Very bland, unseasoned, no fiber foods that would be restful on my tummy tasted like nirvana, 
Okay, so I take a bite of mashed potato and I think, wow, this tastes so good. Now, normally if I was eating a mashed potato, I do like mashed potatoes even if I'm not ill, but I might put like a half a cup or three quarters cup or whatever the so-called portion is and know the calories and, and I'd really be looking forward to either the piece of meat or what else was going with this potato. The potato itself wouldn't be the star on my plate. After I ate these potatoes, the potatoes were the star. Nothing else seemed appealing. I tell you, I didn't want one even look at meat. I didn't want to look at meat. I didn't want to look at eggs. I didn't want to look at cheese. I didn't want to look at anything. In fact, in the today's environment of carb limiting, <laughs> it is pretty interesting that after I had this flu, about the only thing in the world I wanted was some kind of carb. But these potatoes tasted like the best thing that I've had. And I ate maybe a tablespoon of them because that is what I could eat and that made me full. Another thing I did was make a big pot of white rice because that sounded good to me. And I would eat some white rice from time to time and that settled my stomach pretty well. The other thing that I liked to have was, again, going back to the soda pop. I don't normally drink soda pop, but I was very, very hungry for ginger ale. The idea of ginger ale seemed to me good, and it was something that I could drink some sips of and keep that. So I liked that. And I tell you, my body was grateful for that. Now, whatever my viewpoint on the nutritional balance of the types of food that I was putting into my body, I know for a fact that I couldn't have eaten some broccoli <laughs> at that point. No matter how nutritious broccoli is, or how good for you I normally think that it is, or how many studies that say broccoli is a superfood, or even grapes, even fruits. The idea of fruits did not sound good, and I tried to eat a little fruit outside of some banana, just didn't appeal to me and didn't work out. You know, the idea of eating cake or a cookie or something that would normally be a treat to me just did not work out, did not feel good, did not sound good, was not appealing to me. In fact, I was worried for a while, was there any food in the entire world that was ever going to appeal to me again? Now today I feel pretty decent I said I had enough energy to at least drive down to the park and walk here to the podcast rock and to try to do this show. So I have much more energy than I've had for the past five days, much more. And yet, none of my normal foods sound to me as yet, in the least, appealing. So what do I take from this? What I'm taking from this and what I've learned from my adventures in intuitive eating is that my body has different needs at different times. If I exercise a whole lot, I might be more hungry for a high protein food if I listen to it. When I say I'm hungry for it, it's that kind of craving that comes up that isn't a temptation craving. It isn't because I saw some donuts sitting, you know, on the, the workroom counter at work, you know, something like that. It's my body telling me, wow, I'd really like it if you would eat this. Like every once in a while, I might actually be hungry for spinach or a certain vegetable. Or I'll think, wow, this kind of thing sounds really good to me. 
if I pay attention, my body will give me signals. It will tell me some information about what it wants. Now, to be honest with you, I don't think my body has ever, 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 ever told me that it wants nutritionally some Cheetos. I really don't think so. I have had that psychological craving of, ooh, you know, Cheetos, that might be something fun to eat. I might enjoy that crunchy crunchness of that Cheetos. I don't think I have ever had my body nutritionally tell me it wants it but I'm never gonna say never ever again. <laughs> Maybe it might someday if for some reason whatever they put in those refined Cheetos was something my body wanted. But I also never thought that my body would be asking me for white rice. Taste-wise, I prefer brown rice usually. Brown rice is not a hardship for me to eat if I'm going to have some rice. Outside of my assumptions about is it nutritionally a more complete food than a white rice, you know? but literally the nutritional kind of beckoning that I'm getting from my body is white rice tastes good brown rice doesn't taste good usually it does right now it doesn't and so it's interesting to me how my body can change what it tells me depending on its situation so no I don't think the flu was the wake-up call I needed to progress with my intuitive eating, but it has been an interesting experience to ponder how my body can give me messages that are subtle, as well as those kind that hit me over the head with a jackhammer. Well, now I'm letting go that I know what my body needs at all times. Time for a few announcements. Last show, I told you I was on call for jury duty last week. Well, due to my tummy adventures, I had to postpone that to this upcoming week. So the same applies. If I'm called, I may not have the chance to blog or post statuses or record shows. I'll try to let you know as I can, but we're not even allowed to have camera phones at the courthouse, so I may be cut off from the digital world. But please continue to send your audio and to post comments even if I can't reply right away. I still care, and the BCs who could use support still care when they post, whether I'm around or not. And a couple of thank you. A special thank you and smooch to a new BC who has been shopping on Amazon and who bought me some virtual cups of coffee to support the show financially. You are now a part of the Coffee Clatch and will get the special bonus emails that I send to that group. And this group truly goes a long, long way in encouraging me, and I want to thank you, my new Coffee Clatcher, and all of you who have been loyal Coffee Clatchers all along. And BCs, if you would like to support the show with a one-time financial gift, on the website is a button for buying cups of coffee that's labeled support COD. That's compulsive overeating diary, not cash on delivery. <laughs> and if you really want to share your ongoing support, there is also a button right below that one that's labeled subscribe. And both buttons can use your PayPal account or a credit card. And both buttons can be used outside of the U.S. In fact, I think almost 50% of coffee clutchers right now are, in fact, from outside of the U.S. Also, if you live in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. and like to buy stuff from Amazon, if you go through the link for your country from my Support the Show by Shopping Amazon page on CompulsiveOverEatingDiary.com, you will be supporting the show without having to spend one extra penny. What a great deal! 
I also want to give heartfelt thanks again to BC Sandy for coming over last week and recording bonus episode 109 with me live from the podcast rock that I'm sitting on right now at the local park. It was a true honor and pleasure to spend that time with you, Sandy, and really fun to extend our conversation with all of the BCs. Here are some comments from that episode. First from Cheryl. Wow, you two make a wonderful team on a podcast. There's something so cool about hearing the spontaneous conversation and sharing, the discussion about being in the present moment and also making connections with the people in our lives is so important for all of us, whether we know it or not. I just enjoyed the whole show. I hope you guys get to do it again in the not too distant future. From Donnie, lovely bonus episode. I am one of them jealous ones, Sandy spoke up laughing out loud. You gals rock. I knew, I'm not sure how, but somehow I knew you had a potty mouth too, Lori. <laughs> I am an F-bomber myself. Whoops, laughing out loud. You gals make me happy. Loved walkabouting with you this a.m. Then, from Amy from Wisconsin. Love the bonus episode. It is really fun to hear you chatting with your friend. And I also admit to being a little jealous. I also need to let go of being the only one to do things. But I really do do them best. Thanks for the great show. And finally, from Sandy herself, it is fun to read the comments from the show. I had a blast doing it. Big hugs to the BC family. So if you guys haven't had the chance yet, go back and listen to show 109. Hear Sandy and me sitting here on the rock and giving our thoughts about the universe. And if you have listened to the show and you have some thoughts about it, go ahead and post on those show notes on day 109 because I know Sandy got a big kick out of it, as I do, to hear the comments of what you think of our show. And now, to end our announcements, Donnie sends us a little appropriate foolish fun. <laughs> Lori presents Foolish Fun. <laughs> the feature where messing up is just part of the act. <laughs> Happy day, brave companions. It's time for some foolish fun. What did the skeleton order when he went to the bar? He ordered a beer and a mop. Woohoo! Happy day. <laughs> and if you love to be foolish too, call the Bravery Hotline and get your silly on. <laughs> to laugh, Donnie. Thinking about the beer running through that poor skeleton hit just a little too close to home this week. But I am so happy you called the Bravery Hotline to send a little foolish fun my way. Hey, BCs, want to try a little silly bravery yourself? Just do like Donnie and call the Bravery Hotline or you speak pipe or send an audio file. And it could be anything. You whistling, playing an instrument, singing a song, telling a joke, a riddle, anything you want that makes you laugh and feel happy. But hey, Lori, can I send something that isn't silly and isn't about compulsive eating? Sure, if you have something more seriously artistic to share like Fiona's song, Suzanne's piano playing, or a story you've written you'd like to read, you can send it to me in the same way as you can for Foolish Fun. Just don't call it Foolish Fun, and I'll know to feature it separately. 
You can also think about creating a feature like Stephanie from Quebec did with her secret topics. I welcome new ideas. We'd love to develop some intros and Mark could be your announcer. Just go crazy, have some fun, think about it. Take some time to think if there is some way you can become more of a part of the show. Be brave, have some fun, all at the same time. a couple new BCs to say hi to this week. First is Allie from Facebook. She writes, Hi Lori, I found your podcast on Sunday after thinking about my relationship with food and my lifelong struggle. I finally admitted to myself that I needed to address my emotional eating. In the past five days, I have listened to 15 episodes. I have a long commute to and from work. I just want to say that I relate to so much of your journey and in five days I've been able to refocus and not give in to emotional triggers one day at a time. I just wanted you to know that I'm listening. I thanked her and I asked permission to greet her and share her comments. Allie gave it and wrote, Lori, yes, you are most welcome to do so. I'm flattered. I turned 39 this year and my goal is to turn 40 healthier than I was at 30. Everything you share is so spot on with me. I feel in so many ways you're telling my story while I'm putting together the pieces. To stop myself or to catch myself reacting to emotion and putting on the brakes is huge. I've always let the binge take control. It's only five days, but I had not searched but had I not searched iTunes and found your podcast, I'm certain I wouldn't be at day one, binge free. I then verified Allie was the correct pronunciation. Hi, Fiona. And Allie gave me a little more insight. I've been overweight my entire life. I knew it at age four when I stood on a box in a preschool Christmas pageant and it broke. I've worked my entire life to avoid those moments as much as possible. I was always the heaviest kid in school growing up and always very aware of my surroundings. I still am, even as a wife, mom, and in my career. I could go on and on. Finally, to have found someone to relate to, thank you. I replied, you are so welcome, Allie. You will hear more and more stories as you move through the episodes. Many, many, many had similar experiences, and we are all a creative, fun, supportive bunch. Different folks are dealing in different ways. I was also shocked by how many people who don't look overweight and in fact look great have similar issues with food. Fascinating. Well, big welcome to you. So BCs, please take a minute to post a hello to Allie on day 110 or send an audio greeting I can play on the upcoming show. I know what it feels like to be that poor kid breaking the pageant box and if you do too, I bet Allie would be thrilled to know she's not alone. On day 108, we met Dave, who mentioned his wife was also a new listener. This week, as part of our continued email communication, Dave's wife, Kathleen, gave permission for me to greet her, too. So here's a big welcome smooch for you, Kathleen. Mwah. And I'm so happy that you and Dave have joined us on this journey, and I look forward to getting to know you better, too. Speaking of new BC Dave and his wife Kathleen, I love it when BC send me book reviews, good articles, or links to encouraging music. And Dave wrote this to me. Hi Lori, I just listened to episode 32 where you introduced us to Muna Luna. Here's another one of her songs that fit your blog. Now to remind you, Muna Luna was the band that wrote the birthday song that I chose last year on day 32 to surprise Sandy to celebrate that birthday. And here's the group's bio from the freemusicarchive.org where I first got that birthday song. It goes, 
Muna Luna is the passionate second project of Sandra Lilia Velasquez and her Latin band Pist Pistolera. <laughs> okay, Maria, I can't pronounce this Spanish. <laughs> anyway, inspired by the birth of her daughter, she wrote a whole album's worth of bilingual songs for families. Their debut album, Piñata Party, won a Parents' Choice Award. Now, this new song that Dave sends me via link is called Don't Ever Give Up. And I'm going to post this link on today's show notes. I highly recommend it. The song is joyful, upbeat, totally family friendly, and will 100% give you a lift, whether you need one or not. In fact, I'd love to play this wonderfully upbeat and encouraging song for you right now and give us all a fun dance party. But it isn't listed under a Creative Commons license, which would give me permission. So if you would love to be encouraged and maybe take a quick little happiness dance break for yourself, see the link on show notes for day 110 or search YouTube for Muna Luna. That's M-O-O-N-A. L-U-N-A. And from their website, the New York Times is quoted as saying, an ensemble that offers snappy Latin tunes with bilingual lyrics. So, my good pen pal friend Maria from a Spanish-speaking country can enjoy Muna Luna in her own language as well as use it to practice more English. You know, Maria is a person I truly respect. She continues to surprise me with her effort to write me in her heartfelt feelings in my native language. And I appreciate that because it is very difficult and time consuming to write in a language you don't know very well. Yet Maria persists and I do not take this effort for granted. And I was so pleased Maria sent in her voice to be part of the Brave Companion song that Fiona wrote for us that was featured on day 100. She was concerned that her spoken English wasn't good enough, and yet she sent her voice in anyway. For the record, Maria, many, many, many BCs have communicated with me that they found your contribution to our song so very touching and inspiring. In our last emails, Maria and I agreed that while we may not share a native language to speak to one another, we do share a language of the heart. And right now, I'd like to honor my good friend Maria and put her on the bravery report because she also writes, you say I was brave because I sent you my voice. I'm going to be even more brave. You can say if you want that I am from Spain. For me, it is an important step towards being myself and expressing myself and not pretending. And so thank you for making it possible. Love, Maria. So BCs, let's all salute the bravery today of Maria from Spain. on show 105, we sent our love and caring to then-missing BC Happy. Happy reconnected after this and asked us for our opinions of Katherine Hansen's book, Brain Over Binge. That was part of a comment she left on day 107. I read her question live on day 108's show. Amy from Wisconsin, Donnie and I all recommended that she read the book and see how it felt to her, as different things resonate with different people. Now note, Happy had not yet listened to our good thoughts for her on day 105 when she got back in touch with us, as she was still working her way through the shows in order and she was still back a ways. But recently she did and posted this comment on day 105. Thank you so much for the shout out. I just listened to this episode and for caring about me, little heart. Stephanie, it really moved me when I heard Lori read your comment involving me aloud on the show. You are so sweet and thoughtful. 
I quit Instagram when I re-entered the binge darkness. Like you guessed, hiding shame and failure by withdrawing is my way of protecting myself and my vulnerability. I know, with my rational mind, that it is a counteractive strategy, one that I will have to let go of in order to evolve as a person. But it is hard, so very hard. Your understanding and kind support means a great deal to me. Merci beaucoup. Lori, your greeting and virtual hug brought tears to my eyes. English is not my first language, so I lack words to tell you how much that means. Just know that it does mean a lot. After my last contact with the BCs, I finally came out of the tunnel, and the past week I've been binge-free and feeling like I'm back on the right track. I finished the book Brain Over Binge, and its message really spoke to me. I will continue to listen to the show and stop by once in a while here at the show notes to let you know how I'm doing. I wish all of you the very best, regardless of which road you have chosen when it comes to pushing through the issues with food and weight. XOXOXO, happy. Hooray, happy. I am so, well, happy for you. I like this letter on so many levels. Number one. I'm glad to hear from a BC who I knew is struggling and to learn she is finding her way. Two, I'm happy to hear that Happy read Catherine's book and saw for herself if it resonated and was a good method to try for her. I think asking our opinions is fine, but just because some method did or did not work for someone else doesn't mean it will or will not work for you. But I do think hearing other people's thoughts with an open mind is valuable food for thought about different roads and different tools available to us all. Taking a moment to gain perspective from an outside point of view can be a very great tool. Number three, Happy's last sentence, quote, I wish all of you the very best regardless of which road you have chosen when it comes to pushing through issues with food and weight, unquote made me ponder about all the combos of eating triggers, issues, and various priorities that we might have about them. And I want to end the show today going off on a riff about hunger, binges, self-awareness, and all the different attributes we juggle when finding tools and methods to help us in our own unique ways. And to be honest, I'm starting to get a little bit tired right now, and you can hear that my voice isn't as strong as usual. That's a couple of reasons when my throat's still kind of sore from all of the activities of my illness. And also, I haven't been doing my vocal practice this week since I've been sick. So it's a little bit harder for me to sustain the entire amount of time I usually do when I'm recording a show. But I did want to run this little riff by you because I was thinking, why is it that for some people changing their diet is really great? And for some people doing something like intuitive eating is really great. And for some people, you know, maybe medication helps. Why is that? And part of it is I think that what we define as having an eating issue or a weight issue or a body issue can involve different combinations or percentages of these various priorities and what we call part of the problem. So I'm going to put down four right now. If you want, if you're not driving, you might run and go get a piece of paper and a pencil or a notepad and just kind of jot these down. These are four that I came up with. Okay, one, health. Like where you have an actual medical issue or a perceived health is a priority. Two, changing shape or body size. You think you're too small or too large or too fat or too skinny. There's something about your body that you want to change. Three, you need to develop good life coping skills. 
that's kind of like me. You know, I was using food to cope instead of learning how to cope with people who either disappointed me or doing things that I was too scared about or how to say no. Various things, instead of doing it like with my words or with my actions, I was using food to medicate myself over it. And four, just removing the disruptive eating disorder parts from your life. That might be when you just say, I need to get rid of this binging behavior. This binging behavior is my number one problem and to heck with my body and to heck with you know, anything else. I just don't like this binging. Or maybe you don't like the obsessive thoughts or the feeling of being out of control or the social anxiety that you get where the eating disorder coping mechanism itself has become such a large problem that the eating disorder pieces are a high priority. So depending on which of those four or is the most high priority for you, that would shape which of these various tools and methods that we have all discussed or we bring up or we read about might resonate for you. Now, I don't believe that one of these four is the be all end all for anyone, right? I don't say I only think about my health and the all, all the rest are not there. That's not true. Like if I were to take a pie chart and say, what percentage of these four am I? And now I'm gonna have to do math off the top of my head, darn it. <laughs> but I would say that 50% at least is for me, number three, need to develop good life coping skills, at least 50%. And then I would say at this point, Maybe 20% is to remove the disruptive ED things from my life. Just the act, the physical act, the obsessions, the, the binging, that kind of thing. Just the actual acts themselves are annoying to me and I don't want them. And I would say probably then to split the rest, I think 15% health and 15% change my body shape and size perhaps. Because at this moment, outside of my flu, I don't have an acute health disorder like diabetes or IBS or something where I might need to change how I eat in order to manage a health condition. And I'm not crazy with my current body weight, but you know, I can live with it. I would like to maybe explore listening to my body even more so and different ways that I might be able to address my body, maybe to strengthen it, maybe do some more exercise that would, again, strengthen my upper body a little bit more, do some things like that. But overall, I think my primary focus remains deal with my life outside of the eating disorder, get rid of the eating disorder, things that I find annoying, and then a little bit still motivated by my health and well-being and to see if I can't make my body feel a little bit more functional to me. Now, if I went to the doctor and find out, yes, you have diabetes or you have some other medical condition that means that you need to change the way that you eat right now or you're gonna be in terrible health trouble, that might motivate me to go less on intuitive eating principles and more on a regular eating schedule, say, for example, like to manage blood sugar as you would with diabetes. You know, if my life felt like I was coping pretty well, but somehow I had fallen into binging as a stress reliever, and that was pretty much it, or, you know, for some reason, I felt that if I could just give up this binge eating, that it was a bad coping mechanism. And I didn't really see 
huge problems with my underlying life coping skills, I might be tempted to throw my lot into trying a method like Katherine Hansen's, where the binging is viewed simply as a habit, and she gives different techniques that are also used in neuro-linguistics, programming, and other methods like cognitive behavior therapy. She, she, you know, her, her method really is how can you use your mind to stop that binge habit as a habit. Similarly, I use things like that when I quit smoking. Okay, I had to repattern my mind to get out of that smoking habit as well as go through the nicotine withdrawal to get rid of the physical habit. But the physical nicotine withdrawal was way easier than to give up the psychological imprints I had with smoking. You know, every time you drive, you light a cigarette, or every time you go outside, you have a cigarette, or these different things that you might do. You know, those all had to be reprogrammed in my mind. And I think it's kind of similar to Catherine's approach. Now, again, I'm, I don't know, because I don't know what was in her mind, and it's been a while since I've read that book. But what I'm trying to get at, Brave Companions, is you can make your own list of what might be body, behavior, and health priorities around what we call our body, weight, eating issue and see where you fall on that scale. And that might give you some insight into the type of things that you want to try, right? Now, I don't know that I'm going to be eating white rice forever, you know, but if I get so that I don't like the taste of brown rice after this, well, white rice it may be. And it might be that later on down the road, I won't like the taste of rice at all or rice won't agree with me, and then I'll have to change what I eat. You know, you just never know what messages your body's gonna send you, or what's gonna happen, or when you're going to lose control over what your body is doing. Because I'll tell you this week, I had zero control over what my body was really going to do. And that was eye-opening for me. A little bit scary, but truly eye-opening that I need to be flexible and mindful when it comes to trying to keep my body and my mind in sync and for me to regard my body as a treasure and a blessing as something I want to really, really take care of to the best of my ability. Not something to boss around, not something to pummel into submission, but something to really cherish and take care of. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Brave Companions. So I hope you are cherishing and taking care of yourself until we meet again. Until next time, take care, because I and my body really, 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 really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Be home.